do you seem so scared? All I wanted to do was play with you. Welcome to Terror Tracks. We publish new episodes every Monday at 2 a.m. EST. Go to terrortracks.com slash shop if you would like to support the show. And follow us on social media at terrortracks.com slash follow. Enjoy the show. Chapter 28 Lucian Returns The train shook and woke me up. The clock on the wall read 3 a.m. I tried to go back to sleep, but the train shook again, harder than the first. I rolled out of bed and let Star stay there asleep as I walked to the window and looked outside. The train had stopped moving, and we were next to a graveyard. Gordana was on top of a mountain. This place was flat. Something was seriously wrong. I stacked up against the door to our room and looked around the corner. Outside, a green light filled the train's corridors. I exited the room slowly and walked toward Coach to investigate what was going on. The hallways were filled with a strange green gas that smelled like sulfur, but it didn't burn to the touch. In Coach, the entire car was dead silent. I was nervous, anticipating that anything could happen. What I found next horrified me and probably will stay with me until I die. The coach car was silent because everyone inside was dead. The bodies sat in the chairs. Some slumped down, others had fallen into the aisles. One thing was for sure, the omnipresent green glow made me paranoid. I moved slowly through the car, checking the corpses for clues as to what killed them all. In one seat sat a mother, her young boy, and who I assumed was the boy's father. His suit was torn with three slashes down his chest. He wasn't killed by the gas. He had been mauled by something big, like a bear or a tiger. The tooth marks on his wife's neck had cut her jugular, and she died instantly from the look of it. The boy, on the other hand, was stone cold and pale. No markings or traces of damage anywhere. How did he die? I kept moving down the train car, checking the other bodies. Some were also mauled, others had shot themselves. At the end of the car, swinging shadows appeared. From the rooftop laid an entire family who had been hung by the neck. I couldn't tell if it was by their own doing or by someone else. The one clue I did find on them was the same gashes and tooth marks going down their chests. Their faces pale white, the flesh was stone cold, and their entrails littered the ground below on the floor. I continued to the dining car. Inside I found more bodies littering the ground and some hung by their necks. Others had fallen to the floor. The green light flickered above, and I knelt down to flip over a carcass in the middle of the aisle. This one had died from what looked like poisoning. Foam had gathered around his lips, and his eyes were wide open. His body had become stiff from rigor mortis. From what I've seen in the field, he was one of the earliest to die. I didn't hear a ruckus while me and Star were in bed. There were no screams or anything to wake us up until the train shook. I didn't want to go back and wake her. She didn't need to see this. After showing her what happened with the Murphy case, the last thing I wanted to do was bring her more trauma. I checked the food carriers and found a note on one of them. It said, Insolent peasants. They do not bend to the will of Lord Ravel. They must be made an example of. Lord Ravel, see these sacrifices as a sign of gratitude to your holy light. O oh, Master, bring me to your order. 
I shall become your humble servant. The bottom was covered in blood. I could see someone had signed the note, but the ink had worn away. At least I had a motive to go on. I walked down the aisle, checking the bodies, and found that most of them had foam around the mouth. Others had blood on their shirts, and there were signs of convulsion before they died. This must have been poisoning by cyanide. The same effect happened back in Norcastle to all the victims at the ice cream shop. That was my gut feeling. I had no way to be sure what did this. Hello, Rick. It's been a while. Hope you didn't miss me too much, I heard a familiar voice from behind say. My blood ran cold. I knew that voice. That sounded exactly like Murphy. I turned around and saw him standing right there. Murphy's eyes had a bright green glow. His flesh had decayed, and he was covered in blood. He walked toward me, dripping all along the ground. You know you killed me once. That's unfortunate. Because in this world, what kills you makes you stronger, Murphy said. I raised my gun and shot him twice in the chest. He jerked back, but kept walking toward me. Murphy, God damn it! I did what I had to do. You murdered so many innocent people. And for what? To be Ravel's bitch? I said. You underestimate the power of Lord Ravel, Rick. You should have let me continue my work. You didn't appreciate my masterpieces. It's a shame. You could have been one of them too. I walked backward, and my back hit the door as Murphy continued toward me. He grabbed me by the throat. But it's never too late to finish a piece of art, he said. He slammed my back against the wall and held a knife up to my face. Now, I think I should start slow. It won't hurt for too long. Just relax. It'll feel like getting a tattoo. Except, a little worse. He slid the knife down the side of my face. My flesh split open. I felt bone scrape against his blade. I screamed out in pain and fired two more shots into his stomach. He laughed at my futile attempt to stop him. Oh, stop resisting, Rick. You will be immortalized like the rest of my masterpieces. You will be studied by good old Dr. Gerard. Chief Lewis can give you a proper burial with the Oryx flag and seven shots in the air. He slid the knife across the other side of my face, and I yelled again. It's such a pity. I always thought you would make a good follower, Murphy said, smiling. I felt the blood flow down my face and the agony of his blade as he slowly ran it across my chest. You can kill me if you want. Leave Star alone. Let me die. I'm the one you want, Dennis, I said. Star? Oh, you brought a friend for me to play with. How nice. I think I'll kill her first and make you watch, Murphy said, letting go of me and fading away. I fell to my knees and coughed. I had to save Star. I had to get to him before he could hurt her. I ran down the corridors toward our room and a sharp pain shot through the back of my right leg. I fell to the ground and looked back, finding the corpses in the car had come alive. Shit, I said, firing rounds into the newly revived beasts. They surrounded me hurled themselves at me while I scurried backward to escape their grasp. I kept firing rounds, but they did little to stop them. I fired a shot into one's head, and it fell limp. Headshots were the only thing to stop them. As the first fell, a ghostly image came from its corpse and screamed a soft cry as it flew into the air and vanished. I shot another three and freed myself from their grasp. They hissed, clawed, and lunged at me as I dodged and weaved through the corridor. I ran through the next car. The hanging family hissed and clawed at me from the rafters. 
I kept running as fast as I could, knocking away the grasp of the beast resurrected by Murphy's dark influence. I found Star inside, still asleep, and Murphy leaning over the bed, stroking her hair. Star tossed and turned, still asleep, grumbling to herself. Beautiful, isn't she? Murphy said. She will be my magnum opus. God damn you, I said, firing an entire clip into his chest and one into his head. Murphy fell back to the floor. He smiled and laughed. <laughs> you think you can stop me? I am no longer a man. I am a force of nature. I pulled the trigger again, but the gun clicked. No ammo left. If I didn't act fast, Star would surely die. Murphy reached down with his knife and rubbed its edge against Star's face. A shrill sound came as the cold steel touched her cheek. A bright white light appeared. Lightning bolts flew in every direction, shocking the car like a Tesla ball. Enough, Jim said. Jim appeared, and Murphy's mouth dropped. You. No, Murphy said. Jim walked toward Murphy and gripped him by the throat. You will not hurt that girl. Jim said. Jim, I... Please. You are finished. Jim looked at me and said, Close your eyes. Murphy struggled, turning his head towards me and grinned. Not something he would do, but I had no time to think about personality traits or facial expressions. I closed my eyes and appeared back in the bed next to Star. The train arrived at Gordana and came to a halt. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow us, go to terrortracks.com slash follow. Also, please check out our Patreon where you can get cool merch, writing lessons, and other awesome rewards starting at $5 a month at patreon.com slash terrortracks. See you next week. Goodbye for now.